is that time of year, that time of year for another football season. The weather is not as warm. You may see some leaves on the ground, but nonetheless, you're going to get football back in your life. So football is finally here. This is another edition of Mike Drop here presented by the Believe Network. I'm your host as always, Mike Oste, and I will be joined by Noah Strackbean of Sports Illustrated and All Steelers with Fan Nation to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers' upcoming season, the spread for some of these games early on in the year, some weird odds that exist on some guys supposed to win some awards before they actually are even the starter for the team, and maybe an over-under or two on some win totals and another conversation about one of the backups who continuously gets brought up and talked about and currently still on the roster as we speak, but potentially by the time this is out there live, maybe not. We'll see. So, Noah, definitely appreciate the time for everything we've been doing in media kind of around the same region. Glad to be, be, be talking with you. I think this is our first broadcast on either one of our programs anywhere. So, Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I, I'm thrilled. You know, I thought yeah. it was an honor. I was telling everybody all day. I was like, dude, I'm going on mic'd up tonight. This is, this is the inaugural <laughs> appearance on mic'd up. So I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll brush my shoulders off there. But again, yeah, mic drop. Noah joining me here. So, uh have you yeah and i'm glad that you're you're bragging to people so so <laughs> either way we're going to talk some steelers and talk some odds here so first off you look at the over under on these win totals and i've talked about this in other shows talked about this with tank williams of yahoo when we had him on here on mic drop that the steelers a lot of people are going nine eight wins things like that but you're seeing a lot of odds going to the neighborhood of even as low as six so you see a six and a half at minus 200 Eight and a half at plus 160, even minus 200 to be below eight and a half. Where are you on this win total? Because I'll tell you right out the jump. I do think the Steelers could be having a chance here at nine wins. I'm not seeing many more than that, but I threw up on Twitter a bold prediction for the NFL season, and it's just littered with Tomlin's going to have his first season under 500, which would happen if you get any of these odds to be correct but it almost feels like death taxes and Tomlin somehow crawling over 500 regardless of where they make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I feel like it's like, it's Mike Tomlin and as crazy as that sounds that that holds enough ground to say they're going to, they're going to go 500. Do I think that they go much higher than 500? No. But if you're sitting around like, Oh, they're going to win six games there. I think that approach is taking away what the defense has done. And in terms of, fixing the holes like that their run defense right. possibly got better that they, they added a defensive uh, defensive end like a true defensive end and Larry Ogan Joby to replace Stefan to it they added Miles Jack so they actually have an inside linebacker one they have three cornerbacks that are possibly good we're still kind of waiting to see on that one a couple of safeties that you could rely on instead of a seventh round rookie and Trey Norwood even though Norwood's going to play a decent role this season yeah. The defense is enough to carry them to 500. Now, you know, are they going to win 12 games? I, I don't know about that one. So if that I told you an over under nine, where would you be? Because now with 17 games, you're looking at nine and eight. So the whole BS of uh, Jeff Fisher saying, that, you know, no more nine and seven BS, that doesn't exist now. You're being yeah. nine and eight would be a possibility. Obviously, eight and nine could be a possibility. Below that could be a possibility. Doesn't seem like anybody's really giving them double digits in terms of wins. Who knows with this division, and we'll get to in a moment on some odds about the Steelers' placement in this division that are very interesting, but over under nine? 
I would I would say over. I would de- okay. I would feel I would feel better about the over. So I would feel best about okay about nine. Like right. yeah, if if nine and that would get little, Tomlin above five hundred, and that would, that would get Tomlin above five hundred. I would feel right. best about that. Like I don't think they're gonna go eight and nine. So, I, but I don't think they go much higher than ten. Like my record okay. is ten and seven. I think okay. that puts them. Uh, you know, you win, you win the games you're supposed to win, and then you do what the Steelers do most years, and that's win a game or two that they shouldn't have win or that right. they shouldn't win, like they did in Buffalo last year, and yeah. that gives them to ten. Now. You know, I could see Cincinnati winning 12 games and Baltimore winning 11. And then, you know, you're still in the same situation. But if I had to go okay. over under nine, I'm I'm going to go over. OK, yeah, I almost want to push it, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> but but I won't do that here. Yeah, probably safer to go at least a push or an over. But who knows? Oh, yeah. And it would be an interesting situation to have the first year without Ben Roethlisberger to have that be Tomlin's first losing season and i just gotta tell you not that he's gonna root against this team by any means he has some friends still there i do think ben <laughs> secretly in <laughs> at his house will get a little crack open a cold one and give a little wink even if it's just to his loved ones if that oh, would yeah. occur yeah he'd, he'd be sitting around very very he'd be like yeah you know well we didn't lose when right. I was there. Man. Right. Because even the year the he got hurt and you had Mason and Duck, he was still on the <laughs> roster. They managed to crawl one game away from the playoffs. And, and yep. we'll see this year. Noah Strack being here from all Steelers SI and Fan Nation. Joining me here on Mike Drop on the Believe Network. So, Noah, that kind of segues into, and you brought it up a little bit of talking the Bengals, talking the Ravens, obviously the Browns, too. They have a roster. They don't have a QB until week 13, but they have a roster. Can they hold water? How does this division shake out for you in terms of where are the Steelers place because there's eight, there's 800, 650, 225. And I'm talking about plus. So plus 800, plus 650, plus 225 for first, second, and third. And then minus 118 for last place in the division, which it feels like when in doubt, the Steelers never finished there. But yeah. who knows based on what's going on? Maybe Watson was back earlier in the year. That could be argued. But a plus 800 spot for the Steelers to win the AFC North. But we're talking about the defending AFC champs, even though usually teams come back to the mean after losing losing a Super Bowl. The Ravens still got drama with Lamar, and all they're doing is shipping out talent and, and getting players hurt the last couple of years. Where do you see the Steelers finishing? And do you like the plus 800 to actually win the division? That might be kind of salivating money odds, even though they're not the favorite right now. Yeah, salivating is, is the perfect word. Like if I'm staring at that number, plus 800, I'm I'm at least thinking about it because that's what the whole AFC North is this season. It's yeah, we we know, but we don't really know. Cincinnati should walk away as the winners, but just like you said, you lose a Super Bowl, especially a team that just instantly had success. It's hard to carry that success, but yeah. it is a lot of young talent. It's not like they put a bunch of pieces together and then they were suddenly good. Like they built this team, but the offensive line still has a bunch of questions. You have guys like Joe Mixon who tend to have injury issues from time to time. You have Baltimore, just like you said, who's shipping out talent left and right. right. So you don't really know. And, and that team's going to rely 100% on Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, how long can Lamar Jackson keep doing this before the inevitable happens like it did at the end of the season last year? And he's yeah. dealing with injuries, especially the way that Baltimore runs their offense. So, I mean, plus 800, I'm feeling okay enough on that to at least consider it. I don't. I, I would say Cincinnati probably walks away the winner of the AFC North, okay. but I, I think it's a tighter race than most believe 
for second place. And I think right now the Steelers might actually have an upper hand. The offensive line is the only thing I'm worried about. But you look at this team as a whole and the Steelers have a team that if they had a decent offensive line and yeah, Mitch Trubisky is only Mitch Trubisky, but this team's much better and has much more, much higher expectations for them this season. If, you know, they had anybody blocking in front of them that wasn't going to kill the quarterback. Yeah, death taxes in the Steelers' O-line being a problem. <laughs> but I almost can argue, too, and this, I guess, is annoying to have to argue going into a season. It's possible the Steelers are a better team but don't win more games. You oh. look at the schedule. You look at what they have right away. You look at then in that second quarter of the season, second half of the season, certainly. You, you just don't know. They 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 certainly, you know, the Bengals right away, and we'll get to that here in a moment in terms of that spread and what they could do against Cincy. But they are weirdly right now the hunted. The Bengals are the hunted. The Steelers are the hunter. It never has happened in our lifetime. So it, it has that weird feeling. But, yeah, they could be better. They're going to have at least a more mobile quarterback in the last couple of years, whether it be Mitch or whether Kenny eventually takes over. You figure the O-line to be better just off of, experience and a maturation process you got more pieces on defense Najee's been there another year you have still receiver depth and George Pickens is now part of the crew even though Juju's gone so you should be at least equal if not better but it doesn't guarantee the wins will be there and as you as you said they have lost games they should win they've won games they should lose in past years so you just never know now, going away from what other teams can do and jumping into some individual players here on the Steelers and some odds that kind of surround them. And this even goes to the QB position. And I don't even have exact odds in, in front of me here because I didn't I intentionally didn't pull them because they're all over the place, but they're all pretty favorably, you know, slanted towards Kenny Pickett in terms of being a favorite for NFL rookie of the year. Now, and by the way, I'm getting most of my odds here from the Rivers Sportsbook and Vegas Insider and many of those outlets. But when you think about it for Pickett, and it's not to say that it's impossible to happen. Obviously, this is the only first round draft pick QB, the most NFL ready QB could happen with the talent around him. But he's not starting week one. That is Mr. Trubisky. He's the veteran. He actually is a former Pro Bowl or even no matter what many may think of him. You figure in a better situation now. So what are your thoughts on a guy who is starting the season as the QB two, even though he's the rookie future of the franchise being favored to win rookie of the year by so many odds makers and so many books out there. And is that something you devise? Like what's the reality of him having a chance to do that based on when you think we could logically see this man actually play. If this was the NBA, and it was a Ben Simmons takes a year off and then he plays and then wins right. rookie of the year situation. Kenny Pickett all day long. But Kenny Pickett is not going to touch a football field for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season unless something drastic happens. If the Steelers start 0-4, 0-5, or Mitch Trubisky gets hurt, right? unless those two things happen, one of those two things happen, Kenny Pickett is not going to play. That's not who the Pittsburgh Steelers are. That's not how they operate or ever have right. operated. I mean, in right. drastic situations with the Mason and the Duck thing, you could look at that, but even <laughs> sure. then, Mason got hurt, and then his Duck stepped in, and you just felt like, okay, well, we're just going to roll with Duck. That's what, yeah. That was their approach. If Mitch Trubisky walks in here as the starter, the Steelers knew all summer long he was going to be the starter. Deontay Johnson said it yesterday. He was like, yeah, we we knew for weeks. We just didn't want to say anything. And yeah, like, <laughs> right, the game plan right. since the day he signed. Kenny Pickett knew, too. 
Yeah, exactly. Kenny right. Pickett knew. Uh, Mason Rudolph knew. Right. I don't know if Mason knew he was right. going to be the third, but everybody knew that <laughs> Mitch was going to be the starter. So their plan this season is to roll with Mitch until the, until they have no other option. But I don't think they're going to hit that point where they're looking at rock bottom and they're just like, man, we have to make a drastic change. So, I, I mean, like I said, if this was the NBA and it was next season, Kenny Pickett's going to start all se- 17 games and it's going to be the beginning of the future. But this season is Mitch Trubisky and yeah. the Steelers are not going to pull him unless – something incredibly awful happens and chances are that's not going to happen. Yeah. And you figure that no matter how the season unfolds, Oh, and five craziness like that is, is incredibly unlikely to occur. They're hold water enough to probably ride out with what they're doing now. And of course the Steelers do prefer veterans and throwing a rookie right in there. People can bring up the whole big Ben story after Tommy Maddox got hurt, but again, Tommy Maddox got hurt. So if Mitch gets hurt, yeah, you could see it. But if Tommy Maddox didn't get hurt, they probably rode out that season with Tom Tommy Gunn, and then who knows the Ben story. So yeah, that that's really the situation. I don't care what the odds are, you're wasting your money throwing on Kenny Pickett to win NFL Rookie of the Year right now. Let alone even Team MVP, because I've seen him in there for T- Steelers Team MVP. That seems wild too. If you're only <laughs> playing, you know, half the year at best is what you're kind of hoping for to get at in at some point. Let alone the full season, though. I do want to ask you your analysis of how you think Mitch Trubisky actually is going to play. So forget the odds, just what your thoughts are on Mitch Trubisky as a QB and how he'll do. He ends up being the QB one. Uh, you and I and pretty much everybody within, you know, <laughs> miles of the Steelers facility, let alone Galaxy, the Steelers facility, not surprised this is the case. However, he's a guy that's only a few years older than Pickett, a former first rounder as well. At one point, the Bears thought he was the face of the franchise, like Pickett now is for Pittsburgh, was in a real bad situation there. Certainly a worse roster than what he has now. Did lead a team to the playoffs, did go to a Pro Bowl. Not to say he's anything to brag about the last few years, but he's certainly managed to salvage his career and be QB1 again. What do you expect from Mitch with this offense barring an injury while he is the Steelers QB. So I expect decent things from Mitch. I I never thought Mitch Trubisky was a bad quarterback. Like you said, I thought he was in a bad situation. Did I think he was the number two overall pick and played up to that expectation? No, but I, I do think that he's a starter quality quarterback. And that's the biggest thing, I think. So the Steelers built a team around him right now. He's got at bare minimum, three wide receivers, but depending on what Gunnar Olszewski can do and how quickly Calvin Austin can return, he's got four or five. He's got two tight ends minimum, plus Najee Harris. He's got all the weapons around him to succeed, a defense that's not going to put too much pressure on him. So the the workload or, or the pressure or whatever you want to put, whatever word you want to use for what Mitch has to face this season is incredibly low. All he has to do is not lose football games and he'll look good not losing football games. I think he's built for that. I think he's athletic enough to get out of plays that he needs to get out of. He could avoid pressure because of the poor offensive line. The offense will rely heavily on Najee Harris. And then he's got the arm to make deep passes to George Pickens, run those short routes to or throw those short routes to Deontay Johnson. I don't think he really has to do a lot to impress anybody, but okay. he's going to try. Like at the same time, if we are looking at this, like this is a Kenny Pickett season or if next year is a Kenny Pickett season, Mitch has got to be looking at this. Like this is my tryout to either stay in Pittsburgh and brush Kenny Pickett off 
or build a resume good enough that other teams are calling at the end of the year. Like, yo, what could we get for, what could we give you for Mitch Trubisky? Because his career isn't going to end at 28 years old in Pittsburgh. He wants it to, you know, he wants this to be a second chance. So I I think that everything's pointed in the right direction for him. From what I've seen at training camp, my best analysis is you're going to get 80% of good Mitch Trubisky. And then you're going to get 20% of bad Mitch Trubisky. But that 20% is rough. So as long as he could narrow that gap, maybe, and and make it more 90-10, I think he'll be totally fine. Yeah, and he's more of a veteran player now. He's a smarter player. He even was okay in the brief stint there with Buffalo. So maybe he shook some cobwebs off. He has a better roster. He has certainly playmakers around him, younger players around him, maybe, than what he had with Chicago. The franchise is going to help him out. Maybe that wasn't the the case in Chicago. (laughs) They kind of are invested in him as well, even though maybe he's not the future of the franchise. Certainly for this year, the Steelers are invested in him, maybe more than the Bears were for for three years there in Chicago. All that's a plus, but I'm going to ask it this way, because there are some conspiracy theorists out there that do believe, and certainly there are some some Steeler fans that likely are also Pitt fans that are going to be yelling, the first incompletion, first interception, you got to throw Kenny Pickett out there. There are still some upset that Kenny Pickett's not QB1, even though we knew that was just pretty much never going to happen, even though he played well in the preseason. Would you say it's more important for Mitch Trubisky in order to keep his job for the Steelers to win or for him to play individually? I think it's for for the Steelers to win. If the Steelers continue to win, you know what I mean? Because this this could be the asinine drama that we're both going to be involved in. Yeah, this year. It's if they get win rough. games and he's not playing well, but they're winning, and we saw that a couple years ago when they had that 11-game win streak, they weren't really playing well, but they were winning. How do you change QBs when you're winning, even if he's playing poorly and you know what Pickett can give you? But if they have him playing well and aren't winning, if they're not winning, people are going to blame him, even if they shouldn't. It's just going to be a catch-22 of a mess, really. It's going to be bad either way. I mean, he throws one interception. Imagine if he goes to Cincy on Sunday and his first four passes are in completions and then he throws an interception. It, wow. like, it's going to be complete chaos. And Twitter will um, crash. Correct. Twitter will crash. And he's just lucky that it's not <laughs> a home game. But right. I, Mike Tomlin doesn't care. And at the end of the day, I think like Mitch Trubisky is going to face incredible incredible controversy, incredible noise this season. It's going to be louder than he's ever experienced of people just being like, we want Kenny Pickett in there. I mean, you could always kind of sense it. Even, even in the media scrums, you could kind of tell he's like, I'm kind of tired of talking about Kenny Pickett. Like I'm the starting quarterback. And you're just like, yeah, I get that. But the fans don't care. They care about Kenny Pickett. Yeah. It's going to be loud, but Mike Tom is not going to pull him if they're winning. So as long as he could ignore the noise, I think he'll be fine. But like, I mean, you got to be stronger than me because I would not be able to sure. ignore that noise because it's well, especially at home. You yeah. What, what do you think the leash off, is, though? Regardless of playing well and the team winning, what is the leash? If, if they lose, like, if they obviously one game, I don't think Tomlin's going to be that knee jerk no. on one game against the defending conference champs. But oh, in two, like in terms of losing, does it need to be three, four games? He doesn't obviously want to punt the season. So if two is two games enough for him to say, mm, maybe I'm going to make a drastic change here. Do we need to get through that first quarter of the season? But then you're risking if you're one in three, are you out of the race in your mind, even though no, because you have so many games left. I think a leash is he dealing with? I want to say it's the first three games because the fourth game, you know, once you get past Cleveland, if you lose to Cleveland, so Cincinnati is a reasonable loss. 
Right. You know, and and unless they get blown away, if say they lose by 14 plus points to Cincinnati, not a good way to start the season. Then you come home, you play New England, a pretty poor New England team from what we've seen in the preseason. You yeah. lose to them and it's notable. Now you're like, oh, OK, you know, I think the leash is getting a little shorter. If you go to Cleveland and face Jacoby Brissett and that team who have a million distractions right now and are pretty much brand new. Right. And you lose on the road in Cleveland. And I think you I think Monday morning, I think you take Mike Tomlin takes a long weekend to think about his quarterback situation. And then Monday morning comes and they might test Kenny Pickett as the starter. I don't think it's as long as people think. I I hear a lot of people talking about, oh, well, you know, they got to go. Oh, and eight or. You know, they'll have to start 0-6 <laughs> or something like that. And I'm like, Mike Tomlin's yeah. here to win a Super Bowl. And yeah. he does not care about anything else but winning a Super Bowl. And they will. Because at the end of the day, Mike Tomlin wants to win a Super Bowl. But we both know Art Rooney makes the final calls in Pittsburgh. And he will be on the phone in two seconds the second he believes that yeah. a quarterback change needs to happen. And there's no status for Mitch right now. It's not like he's a veteran who's been here forever. So yeah, they'll make a change if need be. I would say you start 0-3 and... Okay. We we start to get a, a little glimpse of Kenny. Yeah, this isn't Ben Roethlisberger where you have to have a no. whole meeting and a press conference and have people cry because this is the future Hall of Famer if they would have made that decision a couple of years ago or even last year. No, yeah. and you don't have to deal with a legacy. You don't have to worry about can we retire his jersey in 15 years if we make this call now. Obviously, Mitch is not going to have a jersey hanging anywhere. So <laughs> maybe with another team. So yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, so that's not going to be as much of a, a conversation if they would end up starting that slow. And hey, maybe he'll also have a creep in his mind. Hey, some publications out there actually thought Jacoby Present was better than Mitch Trubisky is <laughs> right now is ranked pretty low in terms of the starting QBs. But that should be motivation for Mitch because that that might be a little disrespectful from what he's put up so far in his career in comparison oh, yeah. to, to, to some of those. Now, do you think there's any scenario that you could envision? Because as you just said, and I agree, Tomlin is about winning. No matter whether people think he has a chance or not, he's always going to try to do whatever he can to win. He'd much rather get in the playoffs and lose right away than not get in. They want to win as much as they can. Cam Hayward, a veteran there. Those guys want to win. They don't want to wait around for Kenny Pickett for a few years. I am sure that's why Mitch was signed. They had to draft Pickett when he fell to them because you couldn't avoid it. They, they were so much in love with him, but always in the back of their mind, we got a vet. He's been in the playoffs before. Mason never even had that start in a postseason game. That was a big edge for Mitch Trubisky in terms of them trying to win this year. They believe he has, gives them the best chance to win as a former quarterback who led a team to the playoffs on his own as that guy. Even Mitch, Mason talked about it. He's done it before. I never did it. Kenny's never did it in the NFL. He's done it. So with that said, is there any scenario you can envision where Mitch ends up getting yanked, Kenny goes in, and Kenny plays poorly because there's rookie growing pains, and they put Mitch back in since we got a long season here? I mean, do you – so that's the question. Do you put – do they put Mitch back in, or would they put Mason in? Well, I guess that's a conversation that we're going to get to in a moment as well. But yeah, that would be another, that might be why he's not been dealt because maybe they're not 100% guaranteed on any of these guys and they do want to care about this year. And that would be pretty odd and arguably historic, which is again why Mitch starts the year because you figure with a rookie that's the future that if you start him, you got to ride with him. If you have Mitch or Mason, you can pull him and throw Pickett in. That's also an advantage of starting the season with Mitch, but 
yeah, this could be the, the first time ever that a rookie ends up getting in there for a veteran and then he ends up getting yanked because I don't know if they would give him more than a game or two if it's looking poor either. They they certainly want to have a chance this year. That will segue, though. You almost read my mind. We got to discuss this at one point because he's he's currently on the roster. The quarterback who is not going to dress but yet is talked about more than anyone else right now, that is Mason Rudolph. He is the longest tenured veteran QB on this team. He had the whole Duck and Mason time where he was thrown in there when Ben got hurt, and he didn't play great by any means, but they did win five games. He's had spotty starts. He played okay at times. He's kind of, for me, solidified himself as a backup in the league, but probably not much more. Certainly, they don't want to give him the keys to any Steelers Cadillac right now, but he's still there. He's QB3. There was a clerical error where maybe some (laughs) thought he was going to be QB2 for 25 minutes, and then they announced that, nope, that's not the case. He was always QB2. He's still there. He's being professional. He's being a nice guy. I was telling you before we started this, I wouldn't be at this point because he has nothing to lose. So will he be dealt? How much longer will he be on the roster for you? And then should he already be off this roster? And should he be dealt? And should you be making a call immediately to deal him? Or do you want to keep him for the security of what we just talked about that you don't guaranteeably believe in the other two guys and you at least know he can putter you through and he knows the offense, do you make him be QB3 just as a security blanket? So we'll, we'll break this down each one. Yeah. To start, 19 hours tells me something, okay? The, the fact that it took 19 hours for them to say, oh, we made a mistake on the depth chart. And and everybody, I mean, anybody who's been around an NFL team for a week understands that nothing gets past anybody in an organization. You yeah. sneeze and everybody there knows that yeah. you just sneezed. Right. So that tells me, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a clerical error, but also there's probably a reason for some, a reason I don't know. And I don't believe the conspiracy theories of, Oh, it was boosting his trade stock or they made a last yeah. second change. I don't know what it you is. can't but... buy Twitter. Did it? Do you, do you, do you believe the Twitter no, backlash no. was part of this? Okay. No, Cause they, no. they did fire Tennessee's coach in college football a couple of years yeah, because ago. Because of, I, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think, that, Greg I, don't, I don't think Mike Tomlin was like, oh man, we got to make a change here. Uh, I, I, I don't know what it is, but 19 hours is too long for me to say this was nothing. Right. I don't, again, I don't know what that reason is, but If it is because they want to boost the trade stock, I personally believe that Mason Rudolph had a market, probably still does have a market and should be dealt. I think he should have been dealt before week one of the regular season. There there were teams that were looking for backup quarterbacks. That being said, the Steelers value on him from what I have heard is at bare minimum, a fourth or a fifth round pick. I don't think they're going to get that. I think they'll get a sixth or a seventh, but at some point, you got you just have to say that's enough for me but to go back to what ifs and the big well if Mitch isn't playing well and Kenny isn't playing well or even you get stuck in a situation like 2019 where you're relying on your third string quarterback at that point if you didn't trust Mason to be the number one or the number two what are your expectations for a team being led by your third string quarterback because he's now suddenly your best option I just think that at that point the Steelers have shown in the past, and and especially now with a with Omar Khan making more aggressive moves, if you're stuck in that boat, go do something about it. But don't turn to Mason Rudolph and say, we have shown every bit of distrust in you that we could possibly <laughs> yeah. show. Right. And 
borderline disrespect at this point. Oh, a ton of disrespect. (laughs) Right at this point. But from their side, they're they're looking at it like, well, we, you know, we we have told you at least twice now that you have an opportunity to be the starting quarterback. And both times we have learned you are not even close to our starting quarterback. Fair. Yeah. So why not just go out, try to get somebody that you believe has some talent and rock with them if you fall into that worst case scenario instead of just looking at Mason and saying, all right, well, you know, go ahead. Now it's your time. Let's see what you could do. I just, I, I think that his trade value is there. And at some point you just got to say, okay, sixth or fifth round pick is, is good enough to get rid of this guy. That's basically just taking up a roster spot. Yeah. It's also a weird mental mind game. It's almost like the oh, Steelers yeah. think they're fooling everybody because as you just said, they have clearly in their mind decided He's good enough to be a backup. He's good enough to maybe start for a couple games, but he's not good enough to be the face of your franchise and be the starting quarterback for them. Yet in the exact same breath, they require a fourth round pick for the man. He only was drafted in the third round. How often do you get traded basically in the same spot within 20 picks? Five years later. Yeah, five years later when you've never actually been the guy. So again, I do think Mason maybe takes a lot more hate than he deserves, certainly from fans. He again, he's a third round pick. He's not a first like Mitch or Kenny or even Dwayne Haskins, who, who was with the Steelers. The last four four QBs the Steelers have had first round opportunities. Not the case. And obviously, Big Ben, too. Not the case for Mason. So, what are you expecting? But it's clearly he's not the future of the Steelers. A fifth round pick, a sixth round pick. It's certainly, we're talking about a backup QB. How much do you think teams are going to be mortgaging the future for a backup QB? I, I mean, I, I don't, none of them. They're not, nobody's right. looking at Mason Rudolph going, all right, well, we're going to keep him around. Like everybody knows at the end of the season, he's gone and he's going to go have another opportunity. And talking with him yesterday, I believe, or, or at some yeah, point yeah, this yeah. week, yeah, he made it very clear, like, hey, you know, he didn't say no to a trade or to a possible. No, no. He said that like my agent's talking to Omar Khan, which yeah, that's the first not- time he said that. That does tell me that probably he doesn't want to say this publicly. He doesn't want to give NBA drama. He probably has privately requested a trade. That's oh, almost yeah. how that came off. Yeah, and 100%. That's that's the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, so he's had this conversation. Right. I would want that conversation still. too because there's there's teams. I mean, even not a backup, but Joe Flacco's about to start a game for I the know. New York Jets. Right. You're Why is, <laughs> that's an opportunity. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers should look at that and go, all right, well, you know, the New York Jets aren't going to go win a Super Bowl this season. Right. So if we ship Mason over there and they're willing to give a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick, you just got a sixth round pick for a guy that is taking up $3 million of your cap space yeah. is not going to be here long term. You don't want him around this really. season. Right. And you, yeah. And you don't want him here because you've made it very <laughs> clear that you don't want him to play football on your football team. So, I, I mean, that's an opportunity. If I'm Mason Rudolph, I'm saying, look it, I know they'd take me. And there's a number of teams out there. Yeah. Yeah. That would probably yeah. look at him and say, yeah, he's a good. Backup. I mean, do you think Flacco's going to be healthy enough the whole year at 37 years old? He's no. eventually probably going to get hurt if he's starting the whole the whole year. Obviously, they are basically indicting their recent drafts by having him start because that's yeah. not exactly what anyone with the Jets brass probably wanted to happen. If we're talking about a year ago, but yeah, at this point, there there certainly are other teams that could be in that conversation. And honestly, if I was a friend of Mason Rudolph or someone in his life i probably would be saying in order for me to actually still have respect for you as somebody who's an athlete you need to request a trade you need i don't know what you're i don't know what you're doing like you can't obviously be happy qb3 i get the professionalism but 
yeah, it, it almost would be to the point that I would be throwing darts in terms of verbal insults to people, if not, we're, we're getting into a physical scrum <laughs> to get myself out of here. <laughs> yeah, I would do the whole George Costanza. I would show up with a Ben Roethlisberger jersey and maybe have some Hunt's ketchup and it would be Hunt's <laughs> and rub it on myself and be like, trade me out of here. I don't care what, it doesn't matter what team. It doesn't matter the situation. It's not like a situation where the, the Texans were trying to ship Deshaun Watson, who was their franchise guy starter with tons of drama, and they yeah. got to find the right exact spot where he could start and get tons of money, and that would work for the opponent. That doesn't need to happen here. I mean, it doesn't need. It doesn't matter where, you, where you're working. Somebody could throw him in there as QB2, and, and even if he's QB3 somewhere else, I still think it's a better situation than this because he's never oh, yeah. going to touch the field unless you got injuries or they're both playing poorly. But again, there is the whole debate that maybe you need – that security. So Noah, to wrap things up, I do want to talk about this first game. And I do want to talk about this spread of this first game. I believe last time I saw it was around six and that came down from where it was a little bit ago. We are talking about the conference champs. We are talking about a game in Cincinnati, but obviously this is a highly contested rivalry that over the years, the Steelers have owned. And these games are usually close no matter who wins them. Thoughts on the spread. Thoughts on the Steelers in this matchup and even kind of looking at the front half of the Steelers schedule, how many of those games do you think the Steelers are going to even be favored in? So I, I don't know how many, I, I don't think they'd be favored in many. I, obviously new England rough preseason. So week one will be determined determining that, but right. Cleveland, I, I believe they'd be favored in the jets. They'll probably be favored in. It'd be unless Mason Rudolph's over there. When it comes to now six and a half, I'm going to correct six, myself. Six, so and, six a half. and a half. Yeah. I feel good about a six and a half spread because for the Steelers, the Steelers to, to, to cover that you're saying for the Steelers to cover a six and a okay. half spread because it is an AFC North rivalry and right. the Steelers have improved. If it was last year's Steelers team, I'd be looking at this going, nah, I don't know. But I think the defense, I think the Steelers defense has improved enough that they could be able to, I mean, you look at, last year and it was T Higgins against James Pierre and that was not ideal now it's yeah. Akello Witherspoon against Jamar Chase and Levi Wallace against T Higgins and then Cam Sutton and Arthur Millette against Tyler Boyd and that's a much more favorable matchup for everybody involved you have Miles Jack who could actually play inside linebacker instead of a Devin Bush and Robert Splane situation that you just <laughs> didn't feel good about whatsoever with Joe right. Schobert trying to contribute but not doing well <laughs> Right. Chris Wormley is now the backup, but even Larry Ogunjobi with Isaiah Loudermilk taking a step forward in his second year, DeMarvin Leal adding to the mix. It, that defense just feels much more well-rounded than it was last year, at, especially last year at week one. So yeah. I would say the defense keeps it close enough. I, I find it very hard to believe that Pittsburgh is going to walk into Cincinnati they're, they're going to make a big deal out of winning the AFC North and the AFC champions and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they're going to they're going to leave there with a victory. I would say Cincinnati wins, but I don't believe that they cover the spread. I think it's a okay. it's a closer game. Yeah. Six and a half is interesting for sure. And they are at home. So yeah. that's kind of an odds basically saying enough people think the Bengals are going to win, but 
we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it's also a statement game for the Bengals because they go in there and lay an egg to the, the franchise that's kind of owned them despite last year, even though obviously it's a different cast of characters and different players on both sides. And the Bengals are actually the team that has more chemistry and has more of the group coming back from last year where the Steelers is just kind of, you know, chaos a little bit here and, and looking to the future. So it would be a statement in the negative direction if the Bengals would go lay that egg after the year they just had last year. But that's happened with, with Super Bowl runners up and Super Bowl losers in years past. Noah Strack being here from all Steelers SI fan nation. Noah, I'm going to ask you one thing and I didn't tell you before and I was going to ask you this, but I feel like you already, you have it in your holster nonetheless. Can I'm you ready. give me a Steelers bold prediction this year, a bold prediction of something that will happen, and I will hold you to this. All right, all right, I'm excited. Uh, let me think. I, I have a couple okay. of them. Okay, I'm gonna go. You can give me more than one if you'd like. All right, I'll give you two. We'll go one on offense and one on defense. Okay. So my bold prediction on defense is that T.J. Watt breaks the sack record. Okay. Tied and I know year. that is statistically super impossible to do. And everybody's going to tell me so he's playing oh, every game then, right? He's playing last every game. year. He I missed a couple and then he tied it. Right. Yeah. So, so this is my thought here is the Steelers, even uh, Melvin Ingram was Melvin Ingram. It's hard to top Melvin Ingram, but Malik Reed is the best backup inside linebacker. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had, and will have for a whole season who doesn't want to get out of here in <laughs> right. five years. That means TJ Watt could go 115 miles per hour every single snap and then come off and actually get some rest. Yeah. I also know that anybody who's ever had double or 20 plus sacks in a season the next year has dropped off drastically. TJ does not strike me as that person. Yeah. And he wants it. Uh, and he wants he, it. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he's only on 26 years old. Right. He's, he's got Cam Hayward to work next to him, who has proven yeah. that longevity is a real thing as long as you work towards it. And he's right. got J.J. Watt, who's who's had 20-plus sacks twice in his career. So you look at that and you go, oh, okay, well, he's got everything around him to, to do this again. Most defensive guys peak at like 27, yeah. 26 to 28 years old. I think T.J. has his best year. And then maybe, you know, maybe there's a decline after that. We don't know, but. I that would be my one is is TJ breaks the sack record. I think he wants it. And then my bold prediction on offense will be that George Pickens leads the Steelers in receiving yards. And we'll go Pat Fryermuth leads them in touchdowns. Okay. I would say Pat's looking at possibly a double digit touchdown season. Okay. Looks much more fluent. The the offense I feel is built to him more. And then George Pickens, a lot of this comes off of the health of Deontay Johnson and the, the troubles that he's had the last couple of weeks. But if, if George could stay healthy and this offense could actually do anything with that offensive line, I mean, that guy, you want to talk about offensive rookie of the year? I'd put my money yeah. on George Pickens before. Yeah, most there, yeah, there should be some more odds in favor of George Pickens winning that. Actually, I've snagged him in a few fantasy drafts way at the tail oh, end yeah. because on ESPN big boards, Yahoo big boards, he's like 170 something seems seems way wild based on i know you saw him in person there at camp and it it may maybe some kool-aid you having to slurp but receiver is a position that you can have an impact like that right away yep. especially with either a veteran trying to save his career or a rookie trying to establish himself whoever ends up being the qb they're going to try to find the guy that has the talent that can jump up for a ball and that could easily be george pickens so i, I definitely love that pick i think he could certainly emerge as the Steelers number one receiver at the end of this season, which would be kind of in a way hilarious 
based on the last couple of years and the whole offseason with Deontay Johnson, but obviously a negative for him. Fryermuth, I think, is perfect, too. He, he just fits that guy that can emerge as one of the better overall tight ends in football. I don't know how many TD catches he would have. Do you have an over-under of eight? Because he's, he's saying, oh, over. Lead. I'm going to go over, over eight. eight. Okay. I over mean, that eight. would, yeah, that, that'd be a big step up for him. And it certainly can happen. That's what Ben thought a couple years ago that he could be that guy as well and could be that next Heath Miller, but maybe even better, honestly. Maybe even be better than Heath ever was. And there's a lot more, a lot more guys on defense around TJ. If he's going to do what you're saying in terms of the sack record, look at the early season, forget the Bengals game. You got a, a basically a veteran quarterback that's never really been the guy in Cleveland. You have an aging quarterback with the Jets. You have a young QB that he's still trying to maybe prove some doubters wrong, even though the Patriots won last year. That's maybe fee city for TJ. So if he's going to do it that first quarter of the season, he got to stack some sacks because that's an easier portion than later on when trying to deal with the offensive line, the, the bucks got around Brady and, and some of those games. So his opportunity is beginning of the year to stack some sacks. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that you look at TJ, you look at the defensive line. There's too many guys, you know, you can't, you got, you got to think about Cam Hayward. You got to think about Larry Ogunjobi. You got to think about Alex right. Highsmith. You got to think about uh, Leal, Isaiah Loudermilk. Yeah. You know, you could double TJ all day long. And if, if he doesn't break the sack record, the Steelers might break the single season team sack record because yeah. you got to put three guys on TJ. If you're going to stop him. that, that seems to be yeah. it. Yeah. Either way, you need to probably get your article ready of the Steelers setting the record for a five-year period because that would be Five. the next streak there and doing doing better than what the Buccaneers did in the late 90s and early 2000s. I think that's probably a lot to happen, certainly oh, if yeah. they get near anything single season-wise. Noah, I definitely appreciate the time. We'll definitely be uh, be doing this again and enjoy Akashur Stadium <laughs> and uh, the concessions that are there and the press box that is there and this season that I'm sure is once again assured to be an asinine wild ride. Yes. Thank you. I, I, I can't, can't thank you enough for having me on. Like I said, I'll be bragging all week. First appearance on mic'd up. It was a good one. <laughs> awesome. All right. Noah, Noah Strack being again from all Steelers with SI fan nation joining me here on mic drop on the believe network. By the way, the mic'd up comment is another show I do elsewhere. It's similar, similar names or similar things there. I wasn't going to correct them, but yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting trek here. Um, for, with the Pittsburgh Steelers trying to get through the wilderness of this season with Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Who knows when you're going to see Pickett. Those odds and that money of throwing down for Pickett for Offensive Rookie of the Year just makes no sense. It's just ridiculous. Like I thought he was starting week one. We all knew this was going to happen and he wasn't going to start week one. So that just makes no sense to me. But George Pickens, hardly not even really a bold prediction because I, I think everybody and their brothers loving what they saw from him in camp. And you're going to see that matriculate into the regular season. And you'd imagine these quarterbacks are just going to fall in love with that man, maybe more so than Deontay. Great with separation, but George Pickens is just a beast, <laughs> to say the least. Najee's going to be toting the rock again. So many more, so many more studs on this team overall, offense and defense-wise. And defense, as, as Noah put it, they have more guys there. Marvin Leal, a great draft pick later in the draft, after the receivers, after the QB of Pickett, he was a great selection there. You kind of fill things out, even though you are losing now, Stephon Tewitt, and know he's gone. He was already gone last year, but now you know he's gone this year. They were to kind of build around. There's still issues with this team. By no means is this a championship team. There's certainly still issues. I, I cannot imagine more than nine or ten wins. Tomlin always gets over 500, so I'd imagine that's probably going to happen. But who knows if it's the first time it doesn't, and that's the first year 
with Ben retired. Either way, stick here with the Believe Network. Find all our coverage. I know Believe in the Steelers also is a show that we have here at the network. So that really focuses in on the Steelers by themselves. Again, I'm Mike Osti at MikeOsti11. You can find me on Twitter. Subscribe here. Download this episode here. Hit us up here at Believe Network on Twitter. And you can also find my cover throughout the Sports Now Network as I do cover the entire region, not just the Steelers. Cover the Steelers for a long time, but certainly spreading out the wealth. And you'll get that here on all the episodes, all the editions here of Mike Drop on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.